mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers. Sean from Silicon Theory here, and this will be part one of our 2019 Apple event recap. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what was announced, what wasn't announced, and some of the pricing in case you're interested in looking at any of these products from Apple. The pre-orders are going up soon, and the full device retail availability will be starting next week sometime. But I'll quickly cover what was announced, what wasn't announced, and in part two, Sean P. and I will give you our thoughts and impressions about what we thought of the entire event. So hang on, buckle up, let's get started. So, first off, we did see the aforementioned three iPhones. We got the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. No, I'm not making that name up. So, in essence, as we discussed in the Rumors show, which, if you haven't already listened to, you should absolutely go back and check out our preview episode, but assuming that you have... All three of these devices pretty much line up with what we expected to see. We got a iPhone 11, which is now the standard model, replaces the iPhone 10R from last year, and clocks in at a base storage of 64 gigs for a brisk $699. It has a dual camera setup, which pretty much lines up again with what we thought was going to happen, and all things being equal, it's a pretty much a carbon copy of the iPhone XR. There are some new and interesting colors. There's a fun yellow, a pretty sweet purple, and a mint green, along with your standard white, silver if you prefer, and space gray or black if you prefer. And it's pretty much what we expected to see. Now, there's definitely some folks that are going to be more attracted to this device. It is the 6.1 inch LCD display with terrific battery life. This is pretty much the iPhone that everybody should look at if they're looking to upgrade. Now, if you're not looking to upgrade and you're looking to really upgrade, you've got two new options which are kind of the same as the old options. So above the iPhone 11 is now the iPhone 11 Pro and beyond that, the iPhone 11 Pro Max. These replace the 10s and 10s Max and are pretty much identical in terms of spec. You've got a 5.8 inch OLED or a 6.5 inch OLED and now the Pro models feature a triple camera system which includes a standard angle, telephoto, and what Apple's calling ultra-wide. There are also OLED panels so you'll get nice deep inky blacks and what Apple is touting as some of the most bright displays in all of existence. Something in the neighborhood of I think 1200 peak nits of brightness which is just really astonishingly bright. You could use this to signal alien spaceships from the planet Earth, kind of bright, which isn't a bad thing, all things being equal. Now, again, 64 gigs of storage is the base model. The iPhone 11 Pro starts at $999, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max, easy for me to say, starts at a brisk $1,099 for that 64 gigs of storage. The good news is, is that prices remain unchanged from last year's models, but also you're not getting a ton for that money. Now, I know what you're saying. Sean, you're just another Apple hater trying to not sell us on all of these Apple devices that you so despise, but hear me out. 
The value proposition in these phones is definitely in the photography arena. Yes, the A13 Bionic chip is much faster than the old version, and yes, you'll probably get somewhere between four to five hours of extra battery if you believe what Apple claims, and I'm a little skeptical. Um, But you'll definitely get some real-world performance gains. You'll definitely get some real-world battery life gains. But for the most part, iPhone XS is an iPhone 11 Pro, uh, rose by any other name and all of that. But the cameras and the photography is really where Apple's trying to differentiate themselves. And what I found funny is some of the best features in the videography of the phone were not even from a native Apple app. It's actually coming from a studio that's producing an app called Filmic Pro, which allows you to record both from the front and rear camera module simultaneously. This is something that will give filmmakers a lot of extra creativity, and it's kind of ironic that Apple didn't incorporate it into its own standard software. But be that as it may, you'll get all of the great features of these cameras, 4K60 recording, optical image stabilization, the whole nine. Whether or not it's worth the premium is really up to you. I'm not here to judge, but Again, for most people, this isn't an outright purchase. It's just a device payment, and Apple is being very aggressive with their trade-ins. In fact, they've gone so far as to, on their website, give the pricing based on assuming that you're actually trading in a previous iPhone device. So, probably a valid assumption, but also, I think it speaks volumes to the fact that Apple recognizes that these purchases are significant for a lot of people. And... We want to take the sting out of it a little bit by showing you what you can get for your old iPhone before you buy your new iPhone. The iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max were really the stars of the show, but there was some other really interesting information. So the aforementioned Apple TV Plus service finally got a launch date and a pricing structure, and it's actually pretty compelling. Coming out on November 1st, Apple has indicated that this service with a family subscription will cost $4.99 per month. That's an excellent value until you consider that there's not a whole lot of original content and programming available right now. So what you're going to get for your 5 bucks still remains to be seen, but all things being equal, there is an interesting option for you. So if you are going to purchase any of Apple's new iPads, iPhones, laptops, or desktops, you're going to get a free year of Apple TV Plus anyways. So if you're going to plunk down some change to buy a new Apple product, at least you get an opportunity to try Apple's new TV service free of charge and then decide whether or not you want to continue with the $4.99 monthly subscription. Apple did announce a replacement for their very affordable iPad base model, the 9.7-inch design... 9.7-inch size device, try saying that three times fast, is now replaced with a display of 10.2 inches. Apple mostly accomplished this by slimming down the bezels and not a whole lot else. So by every stretch of the imagination, the 329 base model iPad, which is pretty much great for everybody, we've got a couple of them in my house for the kids and for the wife, is pretty much what everybody else is going to get after this announcement. Their 7th generation iPad does include now the A10 Bionic processor, which came out in the iPhone 7 a few years ago, but you also do now get Apple Pencil support, which it previously had for the first generation and 
continues to have for the first generation, but is inclusive of the smart connector, which now allows you to go out and buy the keyboard cover if you want to turn the iPad into something a little bit more productive than just something you watch Netflix on. There is and was some interesting information around iPadOS, which I think we've already covered in previous podcasts, so I won't really rehash here, but suffice it to say, I'm a big fan. I think it's going to be really good for potential iPad users, and I really think will be awesome for helping the iPad move forward as some people's primary computing device. We expected to see a not very significant uh, upgrade to the Apple Watch Series 4, and we got exactly that. So the Apple Watch Series 5 is pretty much the same design language, pretty much the same processing power, pretty much the same battery life, which, all things being equal, is actually a pretty good thing because what we did get that was new was an always-on display. Apple's going to accomplish this by taking your existing display and then just dimming down the display brightness so that you get the same amount of battery life as the Series 4, but you also get the ability to check the time and your notifications without actually having to go through any wrist gymnastics to turn the display on or, heaven forbid, tap your display, as Rene Ritchie is wont to say, like an animal. But for the most part, Pricing of the devices is going to remain the same. The Series 5 is going to start at $399 for the GPS-only model, $499 for the GPS Plus LTE. Those are likely the 42mm model, so keep that in mind. But they also are offering, if you're made of money and have more money than sense, you can get either the ceramic or titanium options, which start several hundred dollars more. Uh, Again, I don't know if this is necessarily a great value play, and... Unfortunately, much to many people's chagrin and kind of to Apple's detriment, Apple is no longer selling the Series 4 on their website. You can buy the Series 3 brand new, and you can buy the Series 5, but no Series 4 for you. Two weeks. Or really, ever now. But they do have a few, I just checked, on their website under refurbished and clearance models, and you can also pick them up at your local Best Buy if you're of a mind to acquire the Series 4, which, considering some of the pricing discounts and the fact that it's really only missing the ambient display, might not be that bad of an idea. What we didn't get in terms of iPhones and other things was the mysterious tile competitor that we thought we would see did not make an appearance at the keynote event. One thing that I will mention also in part two that I thought was interesting and I read somewhere else was that the keynote event was actually one hour, 40 minutes long approximately, and I had mentioned in our preview pod that I thought this this would be one of the shortest Apple keynote events ever, and as it turns out, I was right. Most of the keynotes run about two hours, and that conspicuously missing 20 minutes may have been where the Apple tag or fabled tile competitor, whatever Apple was going to call it, might have actually shown up. It got cut for some reason that we aren't exactly sure of yet. And considering that there were some other things that didn't make it into the keynote, I guess it's not really that surprising. But we didn't see some of the things in the iPhones that we expected to see, including reverse or inductive wireless charging. That's the thing where the phone can actually charge something else instead of taking power from your lightning brick against the wall. 
You could put your wireless AirPods case or potentially even your Apple Watch on the back of your iPhone, and then those devices would draw power from the iPhone to charge them instead. It's actually a neat trick. Samsung's incorporated it in the last couple of models of their Galaxy Note and Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus models, and it's mostly just super convenient and kind of fun as a novelty, but if you're a traveler and you're at a hotel and, yeah, your iPod your iPod, your AirPods were running out of juice and your phone was fully charged, you could throw it on the back and get a little bit more listening time out of it. Again, a convenience, not necessarily a must-have, but it is a feature that is available in other flagship smartphones, and Apple couldn't get it right. I kind of made the joke about why is Apple so bad at wireless charging, and now it's not really a joke anymore. It's actually much more of a serious question that I think Apple's going to have to address sooner rather than later. But since we didn't get the Apple tag and we didn't get some of these other charging features, let us know what you think about the Apple event. Call in, let us know if you're listening on anchor.fm. Call into the station and let us know what you thought of the announcement for 2019 on Apple's devices. Or if you're going to buy one of these things, call in and let us know. That's the end of part one Part two will feature both Sean P. and I, and we will absolutely discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about how the event went, and we'll also give you some tips on whether or not we think you should buy any of these things. Thanks again for listening. If you're catching us on an Apple device, make sure you hit us up with five stars in Apple's podcast app. We would really appreciate it. Or wherever it is that you're hearing us, you can favorite us, follow us, tell us that you love us, all of those things, however it is that you consume your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and remember, we will talk tech soon.